When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rock M Nation's football podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Brandon BK Kylie, and this is Before the Box Score. Your Missouri Tigers valiantly vanquished the visiting Wildcats of Abilene Christian. Uh, the score was not super great. 34-17 is what we ended up being, and that was not some kind of fluky, you know, last second, got to milk the penalties and the timeouts and all that stuff to score. It was a legit 34 on Missouri's side. It's also legit 17 on Abilene Christian's side. So here we are. BK, how are you doing, man? I'm doing okay. I'm just bummed, man. I was really hopeful, yeah. and I try to be the guy that is like optimistic on things. Like We play our roles, right? You've got your role. I've mm-hmm. got mine. You say eat the vegetables. I say, man, the candy is right there, though, and it's going to taste so <laughs> delicious. And yes, you might have too much of it, but at the beginning, it's going to taste so good. Uh, the candy mm-hmm. is rotten. It has expired. Uh, it is rancid and I'm not enjoying any of it right now. So, um, here's to hoping that it gets better from here. God, that is the problem, isn't it? It's just no fun to watch this Missouri football team the past two weeks. Now, one of those was a beatdown of a loss, I'm sure. But to your point, this, this game was, this was a chance to get right. This was an opportunity for Missouri to remind us that, Hey, you know what? Outside of, a weird trip to Kansas state. We are still a pretty good team and we'll go up big time and we'll put our backups in. You'll see those younger blue chips play like that. This was their chance. And that didn't happen because they couldn't, they couldn't pull away from Abilene Christian, an okay FCS team, one with a really, really good defense and a terrible offense. They could not pull away. So here we were with Brady cook slinging the ball in the third quarter and the fourth quarter starters still out there. That's just disappointing. It's disappointing all around. And really, BK, to, to the main point, let's just let's get it out of the way early. Let's get this, this topic knocked out. This offensive line is not SEC quality. It's just not. And clearly heading into the season, they had a plan. They brought in Bincy Polgar from Buffalo to have an experienced man playing center. They brought in Makai Lee to replace a possibly injured Hyron White at the right tackle position. Neither one of those two have seen the field. Mikai Lee, for whatever reason, Vincey Pulgar because of academics. And the people behind them are just not ready to contribute at a level that's going to be good enough against the SEC or even good enough against an FCS team. 
You had Connor Tolleson, who will probably be good, but very clearly overmatched at this level, uh, getting run over for that sack on Brady Cook. You had the right side of the line getting imploded anytime they try to run that ISO power. Uh, it, it, it's it's not there. It's not there. And Drinkwood said in his in his post game press conference, they need to figure out who their top five offensive linemen are. Which, yeah, man, you think you that would have been a good opportunity yesterday to figure that out, but like, they had Luke Griffin in because Xavier Delgado was injured, and they really didn't rotate anybody else in all that much. So BK, the offensive line stinks. What are we supposed to do? Pray. <laughs> I mean, like, there's just nothing you can do now. This is the this is the thing that stinks. Like I. I went back and looked at this. Uh, There were a few chunk plays for Missouri yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday afternoon now. Tigers had two chunk plays on the ground from their running backs. It was a 27-yard rush from Nathaniel Pete and a 20-yarder run by Cody Schrader. Unfortunately, prior to the backup offensive line coming in, which may have been an upgrade, we'll find out on that TBD, the other 29 non-quarterback rushing attempts other than those 27 and 20 yard runs went for a combined 70 yards, 29 carries, 70 yards. That's an average of about two and a half yards per carry against an FCS opponent. I don't care how good their defense is for an FCS level. That's abysmal. Like it's, it's unacceptable, honestly. And when you look at the box score, like if you go back into it and you say to yourself right now, okay, what, what were the end results? You look at the QB pressures, there weren't a ton of them. You look at the run uh, yards per carry, they finished with four and a half on the day. That's fine. None of that's going to really stick out to you. But any of you that watched the game know that was a like substandard performance by any offensive line. Nate, you mentioned that this is not an SEC caliber offensive line. No doubt. No doubt about it. The problem is like, it's not a power five level offensive line because I think that it you even have to take your game up to another level when you're playing in the SEC because of the caliber of defensive lines that you're going up against. Missouri has gone up now against a Big 12 opponent in Abilene Christian and looked completely overmatched on the offensive line against both of those teams. By the way, that K-State team that looked awesome against uh, Missouri, they just got beat at home by Tulane this week. So I I don't know really what to make of that. And you can't use the transitive property in college football because weird stuff happens. And one week a team's good, the next week they're bad. The problem for Missouri is that their offensive line every week, no matter the opponent, has just been bad. There's only so much you can do to scheme around it. I know I, I said that last week. Like, figure it out. Figure out what's going to work with the guys that you have. Having having an offensive line that can't block is is like trying to drive a car without four tires on it. Like, it's not even what it's supposed to be. <laughs> At that point, it's something completely different. So, if you need to reevaluate who's going to start, who's going to get starter level snaps, fine, okay, do that. If you need to jumble it up and you know push you know, Connor Wood out at tackle and, and bring in EJ and Doma Ogar or or play Richard Taylor at the center position or. I, I don't know what I don't know what their their thoughts are or what their their opportunities are, but the ship is sailed, man. Like once the season starts, the time for tinkering and overhauling that that's done. You you only have about ten hours a week for practice, and you're not going to be able to overhaul your entire offensive philosophy or book in that time frame. So it's it's finding the right mix. I, I think we can all say that Javon Foster is a power five caliber tackle. He's probably going to end up, you know, maybe second or probably third team SEC by the time the season's over. Outside of that, 
I don't think anybody's job should be locked in. You know, Xavier Delgado, Luke Griffin, can't tell the difference when those one of those two is in there. Connor Tolleson, like I said, I, I think he's going to be good. I just don't think he's ready at this point. Connor Connor Wood, he's got the holding penalties. He's not really getting the the, the push that you want in run blocking. And and Zeke Powell for his his prowess and pass protection, which he's pretty good. He just he just can't run block. It's not he's not getting it done. So I don't know who who the answer is, but when you are a an offense that is founded on running the ball on on power runs and you can't do that and kind of the, all the rest of your schemes are around the ability to run the ball, man, we got a problem now. So there's really not much you can do. The offensive line isn't there. I saw Mitchell Walters playing at right guard. That was interesting. EJ and Doma Ogar swapped in at the left. You didn't really see anybody swap out for Tolleson or any of the tackle positions. So here we are. Uh, I mean, BK, you look at the schedule, you know, we're going to get into SEC play. It's it's not going to get easier, man. And and I'm not, I've said before that this isn't 2015 levels bad, but a couple more performances like yesterday, I'm going to start thinking that way. I just, I'm honestly asking if you're somebody that is optimistic about Mizzou at this point, please send us a tweet. I'm at BK sports talk. What is it that has you excited? Like what, what are you still holding out hope for? Because I guess I watched the game on Saturday watching Dominic love. It was awesome because mm-hmm. he is a guy that has made the leap. The, the thing that you always want to see, especially from like second year receivers or corners or guys that have played in the system that needed a bit of time to adjust. You always want to see them be able to do that by year two. And love it has clearly done that. Watching Luther burden is a lot of fun. I will never understand why it took three weeks to put him back at punt return, but whatever he's back there now. Uh, Harrison Mevis, despite the bad game, that guy's really good. The defense is pretty solid. But, like, what gives you hope that this is going to go well in SEC play? Because I just, I don't have any of that. Can this team get to five wins? Maybe. But if you gave me truth serum and I had to give you an honest answer, I might take the under on that. New Mexico State. That'll get you three. Mm Mm-hmm. You will be favored against Vanderbilt. There's maybe four. Got to hope about South Carolina, right? That's kind of the, that's what it gets pinned on and that's on the road. Or maybe you pounce on Kentucky at home. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe, Maybe your best bet is this week. Jordan Hare against Auburn. Maybe that is the last surprise that you can get mm-hmm. this year, which um, they have an SEC defensive line, so I don't know what to tell you. Uh, cool. Well, so that's the big problem. It's great to have you know great <laughs> skill position players. It's it's nice to have a quarterback who can run. You do need an offensive line to block for him. We're just we're just not there yet. So that's that's an issue. However, on the flip side, I will say the defense isn't historically terrible. That's that's such a huge improvement. <laughs> they're good. They're good. They I mean they're not going to they're not going to you're not going to mistake them for Georgia. Uh, you're probably not even going to mistake them for for Florida, but they're good. 
Now, the thing that impressed us so much in week one, all the havoc, haven't really seen it the past couple of weeks. Against K-State, we mentioned this last week, they had a 6.7% havoc rate with logging only three havoc-type plays, which wasn't great. This week was a little bit better. They had ended up with a 19% havoc rate uh, based off of one interception, three passes defensed, uh, a forced fumble, and then three tackles for loss. But again, three tackles for loss <laughs> against an FCS opponent. Granted, they threw it a lot, uh, and they were very quick to do so, but they also ran it a lot. Uh, so, I don't know. It's good. Tyron Hopper's fun to watch. Uh, Chad Bailey had a pretty decent game. Martez Manuel's been quiet a little bit, and this secondary still gets burned on deep passes every once in a while. But BK, at least you can say, hey, at least Drinkwitz has finally figured out uh, how to put a decent defense on the field. Yeah, the most competent part of this team, I'm, I texted this to one of my buddies, they're really lucky that Steve Wilkes decided to walk away because the most competent part of their defense is that they've got a pretty good defense coordinator right now. Um, I don't know if Blake Baker's great. I don't know that we'll know that until the end of the year. And even then, because the offense is so putrid, we might not be able to really know what the capability is of this defense. It kind of reminds me in some ways of like, I've referenced this too many times already so far this season, but like 2015-16, where the offense was just so far behind that a defense, which was, I think, pretty good, got elevated to looking like it was great at times Mm -hmm. because other teams knew like, if we just play keep away, we're good because they're not going to score. Um, and that kind of resulted in the numbers looking bloated for Missouri's defense. And they finished, I think, with the top 25 unit that year, oh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be at that level. But I mean, they're what do you think, like top 50, conservatively speaking? Top 50. Yeah, I'd say by the end of the season, they could end up top 50. Yeah. And that's pretty solid. I mean, that, that's really all you can ask for from a team that a year ago, I mean, as you said, was historically bad defensively. So all things considered, man, you've got to take it. And let's be honest, we weren't going to be able to learn a whole lot about the defense in this game, but they pretty much looked as expected. And that's all you got to do. Yeah. That 2015 defense, by the way, ended up third in SP+. Plus. Um, 12.4 was their ranking. That is the best ranking by far, by far as like, as a, uh, kind of a, what was the 2016 unit? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? It was 85th. Okay. Yeah, 31.3 was their rating. Just awful. Gotcha. Awful, awful. Um, so yeah, that wasn't great, but you know, yeah. 15's a year that I've got in the back of my mind that I was thinking of. And that's it. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Cause offensively, remember that second half where they were scoring like three, six, three, 13. Oh I think it was, it was bad. It was so bad. Oh my God. I, hey man. I, I, I mean, that was also the year that Missouri won 34 to three against an FCS team. Yeah. We said it yesterday. Do you think that this is going to look similar? Yeah. Because I think there's a, at least a non-zero chance that it looks very similar in SEC play. Mm-hmm. God, we're talking about, let's just, okay. All right. Nope. Let's pull it up. 2015. 2015. Let's yep. rewind the clock. Okay. That was, uh, the very first game was against SEMO. And that mm-hmm. is the 34 to three, um, game that you're talking about. And then they went on the road, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they went to Arkansas yep. State. They won 27-20. Then UConn at home. That was the 9-6 to game that we don't talk about. You're sitting at 3-0. You're thinking, oh, okay, Missouri's ranked, right? I think they're 
like 23, 24, something like that. Then they go to Kentucky, lose 21-13. Start Drew Locke the next week, 24-10. That was the first time an SEC game featured freshman quarterbacks playing against each other. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, And then basically Drew Locke just played through outs, (laughs) sideline outs the entire time and won. Then number 11, Florida, you lose 21-3. Go to Georgia, lose 9-6. Go to Vanderbilt, lose 10-3. Mississippi State home on a Thursday. You lose 31-13. Somehow go to Kansas City, play BYU, and put up 20 points inexplicably. 2016, you win. Then Tennessee puts you to bed 19-8, and then Arkansas 28-3. I'm not saying that this is that kind of team, because that was a historically bad team. I mean. But <laughs> at the same time, the results might be similar because this is a much better SEC, right? Yeah, well, that's what I was about to say. Like, I mean, some of those scores are closer than what I'm expecting from Mizzou this year because the defense was so good. Like at Georgia, nine to six, man, this is not the same Georgia that we saw that year. Florida at home, 21 to three. That feels about right, actually. Like this Georgia or this Florida team doesn't look like it's as good as we thought it was going to be after that first week when they looked excellent against Utah. They have, I mean, I don't know what's happened to Anthony Richardson, but he... He looks like he's a different, zero touchdowns, different quarterback six now. interceptions over three games. Yeah, I mean, he he looks like the Monstars came down and sapped all of his powers. I don't know what happened after that game against Utah. It's, it is weird. Um, 19 to eight against Tennessee that year. Yeah, if if you hold Tennessee to 19, it's one of the all time great feats by this team. But otherwise, some of those other games, yeah, that, that looks about right. Even like the BYU game, that's kind of. I mean, that BYU team was better than Louisiana Tech, but that's kind of the Louisiana Tech game. We're like, non-con game, yeah. weird result, yeah. doesn't really linger at all. And um, there's probably going to be a game that sets offensive football back 50 years, kind of like that Connecticut game did, which was <laughs> the worst football game I've ever attended. Easily, easily, yeah. New Mexico State is really bad, by the way, so... Uh... Well, I guess that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's the one outlier. <laughs> that's the, that's the outlier that they did, yeah. they just didn't have a New Mexico State on yeah. their schedule that year. So, I don't know, man. This is another game. Hey, Drinkwitz was at home and he was up at halftime. Of course, he was going to win. Of course, that's what the rules state. Next week, we're on the road. I don't. Again, BK. Neither one of us want to be doom and gloom. I know this. You know this. But in your mind, don't you just look at the schedule and just chalk up every road game as a loss at this point <laughs> until proven otherwise? Yeah. I mean, I look at most games and chalk them up as losses <laughs> at this point. So if, if you're asking me, do I put uh, the road games into that okay, category? Uh, of course. Okay. And look at the road teams like at Florida, at Tennessee. OK, South Carolina. Sure, they're not great, but. I mean, if we watched Mizzou, Mizzou ain't great, guys. No. I'm not even sure that I'm putting Vandy as a for sure win. No. I'm serious, man. Are, are you? For sure? No. No. I, I, Missouri is still favored. Uh, the fake math of Bill C. SP Plus says that they're still favored. 88% chance for a win. But, I mean, yeah, not with this offense. That seems exceptionally high to me. No. Not with this offense. Here's Here is the good thing. You mentioned Dominic Lovett. Truly, this uh, this offense has two playmakers, which is one more than what we've been able to say in the past two years of Missouri football. <laughs> Dominic Lovett and Luther Burden are legitimate. Luther Burden yeah. is, I think, the 
clearly the best athlete on this team. And then Dominic Lovett is the best receiver on this team. And you can do things with, with Burden like returning punts. Imagine that. Uh, running the Wildcat and getting freaky with it. Like, yeah, you can do stuff with him. And then with Dominic Lovett, he's he is running every route and, and doing it incredibly well. He's got sticky hands, and he's super fast. Like, okay. So, really, you just got to build the entire airplane out of Burden and Lovett. Right? Take the two East St. Louis guys and just make them your focal point. Lane Kiffin does this all the time. He finds his bell cows. He finds the offensive players that he trusts the most. And then he just gets them the ball 20 to 25 times per game. And like, all right, that's just what we're going to do. And if you cannot establish your running game, I'm seriously thinking that the philosophy must flip. And instead of run, run, run to pass, it needs to be pass, 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 pass. And maybe occasionally run with their if they're on their heels. And if you're going to run, make it sure that Luther Burden's in the Wildcat because I just I just don't trust any other scheme to work at this point. Are we going to talk about Brady Cook then? <sighs> you want to? I mean, <laughs> this is the problem. Is like I'm with you. Your best players are lined up out wide. Unfortunately, you've got a guy that has to get it to him. And I've been a fan of Brady Cook. I've been probably the optimistic one about Brady Cook. Man, he hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks, including against Abilene Christian. I didn't think he had a great game. No. You look at the numbers, and again, they look fine, but you watch the game, and it did not match the stat line. Um, I thought Dominic Lovett did a lot of the work for him. Luther Burden did a lot of the work for him. He made some errant throws that you've got to be able to make. He also just, I think there's a chance he just doesn't see defenses very well because even against Abilene Christian, there were just those moments where it felt like against that team, there were probably players that were running open. And we just don't know this because you can't see the L-22 in college, which is infuriating, but another conversation for another day. If he did have guys open down the field and he just wasn't reading it well, that's going to get even worse against teams like Auburn and Georgia and Florida, etc. That is a big concern of mine as we kind of move forward here is you're right. The pass catchers are the best thing about this team. They are a better pass blocking team than they are a run blocking team right now. And I don't know how much the coach trusts the quarterback to be able to make all of that work. And I'm not sure how much he should trust the quarterback to make all of it work. I get it. I mean, on the on the broadcast, Steck mentioned, I think twice, that Cook had somebody wide open and he took the dig route run by like Bannister or Burden. He, he threw that instead. But at the same time, we saw him, to his credit, Drinkwitz or Cook or both or whatever, there were some downfield shots. Now, they weren't, you know, 30-yard passes and through the air shots, but there was an attempt to hit it deep. And he connected on one. <laughs> and the other two, or, you know, there were five or whatever it ended up being, were close. But, again, that's not going to cut it. So if you don't have a downfield, a reliable downfield passing game, you have a quarterback who isn't the best at reading defenses. You have an offensive line that can't run block and a bunch of running backs who can't always make, they can't create. What do you have? And it's burden and love it. And it's just throw it 30 times to them and hope that something happens. And then occasionally hit him with a draw or hit him with, you know, the power that you love and hope for the best. And that's, that's just, that's not a recipe that's going to cut it, man. Yeah. I, 
I just feel like we at this point know what the team is, and that sucks. Yep. Because <laughs> we weren't supposed to learn anything against Apple and Christian. I think that's the most disappointing thing about all of this, Nate, is that this was supposed to be the game where we come on here and say, hey, Missouri won 49-3, to but don't take anything away from it because none of it matters. And you guys would get mad at us because it's going to be exciting. And there's all this stuff that we just saw that was so much fun to watch and all of that, right? Luther Burden looked amazing. Dominic Lovett was awesome. The defense smashed. All of this was supposed to be the case. And instead, we're coming on here and saying, oh, that is not what it was supposed to look like. And so we did learn something against Abilene Christian. And all of it was bad because the only thing that we could learn against Abilene Christian was stuff that was bad. And... That's how it went, man. And I, I wish it wasn't. I hope next week looks better. But other than hope, and hope is not a plan, <laughs> there is no reason to believe that next week is going to be better. No, none. No. None whatsoever. No. At Auburn, 11 o'clock next Saturday. It's on the road. It's going to be a loss. Maybe, maybe something wild happens. Maybe Brian Harson gets fired, or maybe there's so much palace intrigue and... Poosters getting active and angry after they got destroyed by Penn State, which also might not be a very good team. Maybe they're so distracted that they lose. Okay. Let's 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 just let's be generous. Let's meet Missouri more than halfway and say that Auburn game next week is a toss-up. Either Tiger team can win. Okay, cool. Then what? Well, Georgia at home, loss. Florida on the road, probably loss. Vanderbilt at home. Well, you're at home, so you're eligible to win. So, you know, it could happen. <laughs> you're eligible to win. South Carolina on the road? I don't know. I don't know. Let's again be generous and say that's a, that's a true toss-up. Kentucky at home? Eligible to win, but probably not going to happen. Tennessee on the road? Nope. New Mexico State at home? You need to win that. And then you close out with Arkansas at home. I see five wins. I see five. Yeah, and I, I think that's optimistic. Like, I see four. Yeah. Um, I I think this is a four, maybe a five-win team, and five is if something goes wonky. Mm -hmm. Like, five would mean you beat New Mexico State, you beat Vanderbilt, and pulled off a significant upset somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because you either won a game on the road, which you're ineligible to win. We know <laughs> yep. that. Um, or you beat one of Georgia, Kentucky, or Arkansas at home, <laughs> which, again, <laughs> seems unlikely to me. So... I, I would say the the lean is towards four with yeah. the hope that you can get to five. And that, by the way, that is an abject disaster. Like there is nobody that should be accepting that as being an okay season for Missouri because it is not. That is a complete disaster. Four wins would be a failure this year. And he would not be in danger of being fired. No. Yeah. I just I just want I, I, it needs to be repeated. But I could see a Frank Hayth situation. That is not based on reporting. That is just pure speculation by me. He would have the hottest seat of any coach. One of the hottest seats, just because we don't know how the rest of the season goes, or if Auburn does something weird, like bring back Carson. Yeah. Um, he would have among the hottest seats in the country going into next year, if that's the yeah. way the season goes. and that's fair. That's fair. Because yeah. we've all circled 23 as this is, this is the breakthrough. This is like the culmination mm -hmm. of everything you've done. That means that all your recruits are old, that means that you've got three, three tours through the SEC. You know what to expect. You're he would be a head coach heading into his uh, fifth year as a head coach, fourth at Missouri. Like that, that is it. 
that that is where you need to show what this is going to be. So yes, he's not going to get fired now unless it's for some off field thing. He will get twenty three to prove it. But if he gets four wins, then yeah, he he will be sitting on a on a pile of coals and rightfully so. So I. I the worst thing you could do at an FCS game is learn something like you said, and we did. And that's sad. So for here on out, we are just hoping for a change, a breakthrough, a surprise, a shock and upset. I'd also like to see, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. I'd like to see uh, some more rotations, uh, some younger guys seeing the field, we did not see that much last. No, 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 no. We're not having this conversation again. That ain't happening, man. It's not. If Sam Horn didn't get on the field in that game, yep. he ain't playing this year. If you barely saw any of the young guys rotate in late in that game, mm-mm, nope. Marquise Gracio ain't playing this year. Like none of those dudes that we wanted to see, they are not seeing the field. Mm-mm. Doesn't make any sense to nope. me at all. Not happening. They moved Jamarian Wayne to safety for no reason. Yep. He ain't seeing the field. Even did Makai Miller get onto the field? I didn't see him in this game, I don't think. I didn't see him. I heard that somewhere he had a couple snaps, but I didn't see it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, sure. This was the game to play him in. It, he, they, they might play against New Mexico State, maybe. That's it. None of them are in any danger of losing their red shirt. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Not even close. The old school red shirt. Where if you played three <laughs> snaps, you were you were disqualified. Like you're not even in danger of losing that. I'm sorry, guys. I I hate to be the like the one that just comes here and on your maybe you're listening to this on your Monday morning drive to work and you're like, yeah, I just got to get my Monday morning Mizzou fix. <laughs> like I'm sorry to pee in your Cheerios. I'm sorry, but hey, man, this is what we got. We're Tiger fans. We chose this life, we did. unfortunately. And we chose a coach who does not care about the long-term health of this program. <laughs> Cares more about winning now. That's that's what we yeah. got. While going to a 5-4-4 win season. That's good. They may not win long-term, but at least they're not winning now. <laughs> well, thank God for that. <laughs> thank God for that. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Show over. <laughs> Show over. <laughs> Good show today, man. Glad we did dishes. this. So glad we spend time. Oh my, this, this stupid team. All this right. is therapeutic. Well, so we'll we'll get back to you. Yeah, I know it is. We'll we'll get back to you in the middle of the week and talk about Auburn. And hey, maybe we'll talk about how they fired Brian Harson, and that would be interesting. But uh, that is going to be the show for today. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. You can leave a comment or you can rate us. We love all types of feedback from you all. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nate G. Edwards. He's at BK Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow the Rocket Flagship at Rocket Nation and follow BK on the radio, 101 ESPN in St. Louis. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U.